we opened it because I understood the benefits of having a safe place for shy, nervous, reactive dogs to go with their owners and to be able to have that place where they can be off leash and just be a dog for a little bit. And so it was passion for me that opened it. And I think that goes so much further than, ooh, that's a good idea. Hey there, I'm Janie Budnick, the Pet Biz Guru and founder of the Pet Biz Hive and Pet Biz MBA. The Pet Biz Hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears. So pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Pet Biz Hive podcast. So I am in the middle of my revenue streams series. And in this series, if you not had heard any of the previous episodes, we are talking to pet business owners in the industry who have started in one line of the pet business and have expanded into something that is definitely different, but has created such a wonderful compliment and add on to their other business. So essentially running almost two businesses. And today I have Dawn Jocks with me. She started with Milwaukee Paws Pet Care and now has Canine Einstein. So welcome, Dawn. I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. So first of all, let's talk about Milwaukee Paws Pet Care. Fill everyone in on your pet business. Yeah. So Milwaukee Paws Pet Care was started five years ago. It's a dog walking and pet sitting business. From day one, we've been focused on enrichment and bonding with helping the pet owners and the pets bond and strengthen that relationship. Um, We really zeroed in on enrichment, though, as our focus from day one. So why did you choose that? Is that something that you had previous history in or education? You know, it's funny. I worked in healthcare as a social worker before opening our business, and I worked in the geriatric world. So in home care and nursing homes, that kind of stuff. And I knew the benefits of cognitive enrichment for the elderly. And when I started dog walking, I said to my husband, it has to happen with dogs too. And he's like, no, that's not, it can't be the same. I'm like, why not? They got brains. It's got to be the same. Um, so started researching it and diving into it and just really kind of ran with it. So any, um, I mean, that's definitely something that I'd be interested in. Cause you know, I'm like, it's a total geek for any type of knowledge. What, yeah. what are some really good resources if someone wants to look into, you know, the enrichment, uh, cognitive enrichment of, of dogs? You know, there's so much out there right now. There's so much out there. Um, I can't remember his name. I think it's Charles Shea does a huge there's Facebook groups on enrichment for dogs. Um, He's got a book on it. There's so much good information out there, but it's just a matter of deep diving into it. Like, I don't know that I have one particular favorite source. It's really kind of diving into the science. And right now I'm on a on a board member or I'm a board member for a conservation dogs. And so really right now I'm diving into like sensory work and nose work and how that can be enriching for pets. So. Mm, I know. And this is such a big conversation right now, just Mm -hmm. in the industry completely is um, how with in-home services that you can set up your 
uh, your clients' pets to really give them that mental stimulation, especially if you're in an area that's got blasted hot summers and you can't yep. spend <laughs> extended periods of time outside or, hey, it's a day that it's raining or, um, you know, the middle of winter for some yeah. of you, like, you know, in Milwaukee, <laughs> you, get, yep. you get a little bit more of a, a snow issue and, and freezing <laughs> than, than we do here. But um, so that is an entire sector that really seems like it has come to the surface over the past several years and yeah. probably, gosh, probably really surfaced uh, during the pandemic, people trying to enrich the lives of their pets with that yeah. lack of socialization yeah, that for they sure. were forced to go through. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know I'm a I'm a part of a canine enrichment group on Facebook, and now I can't for the life of me remember the name of it, but um, I definitely appreciate, yeah, I I appreciate going through and seeing the ideas in there. So if anyone that's listening has, well, honestly, any type of of pet service where you have the opportunity to have that direct one-on-one, definitely look into this information uh, because you can improve the service that you offer your clients pets and you know make the dog's lives so much better so that was a direction i didn't think i was going to go today (laughs) on this interview but thank you for bringing that up because that's really important stuff i didn't realize that was that was your background Mm -hmm. is is working in social work and our our the new gym that we have now is actually an enrichment gym so it's set up to provide all that enrichment to dogs when they come to canine einstein that is incredible. So uh, a little bit more about the, I guess, structure of your current business, because a lot of people out there that are considering taking on another stream of income are trying to figure out the balance. Yeah. So what uh, what phase of your business were you in? Tell me a little bit about your team with Milwaukee Paws and kind of where you found, found the space to be able to do this. So our team is, it's, our team is interesting. We have um, we slowly expanded into dog training and took our enrichment one step further and brought it into our training realm as well. Um, so we have two trainers on staff. We just started an office manager a few months ago to help out kind of balancing everything. And then we currently have 17 dog walkers that do dog walking and pet sitting for us. So it's not a huge staff, but not tiny by any means. And I think for us, the balance has been trying to figure out how do you balance both sides of the company at the same time? You know, it's different social media, it's different advertising, it's touching some of the same clients, but some very different clients. And how do you maximize that? That is true. So before you dove into Canine Einstein. Did you already have a manager over in Milwaukee Paws? We didn't. I did it all. Um, And I started as a dog trainer from Milwaukee Paws. And then we, you know, added a second trainer. And then we added another trainer. And I stepped back from training to take over managing everything. And when we decided that we were going to open a training facility, I, I just knew we had to have an office manager. Like I couldn't do it all at that point. Oh, come on, Dawn. Man, you are superwoman, right? I am a slacker, I tell you. I need my sleep. Oh, you know what? Yeah, and that's uh, that's probably just a, mm, a a big thing to mention for the industry in general. We are not supposed to be super people. Right. Um, many times we will take on all the roles. And of course, when you're starting, you're like, which hat am I wearing today? Right. 
and you are switching between all of those roles, but you really need to take a step back and have that three to five year plan of where do you want to go and which hat does it make most sense for you to uh, delegate first, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) We can't all do everything and we certainly can't do everything well. I learned that very quickly. There are some things that are just not in my wheelhouse. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, having the staff in leadership roles, they often bring a perspective that I wouldn't have had. So a lot of our processes and the way we do things are different than how I would have done them, but are much more effective than how I would have done them alone. So it's hard to get control, but it's wonderful to see it happen. I just, uh, yeah, I just recently had, um, a podcast that I did that had some information about delegation. And yes, some people will do things better than you. (laughs) You have to just own that. You might not be the best in a particular area. Right. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. So when did you start thinking about this concept of uh, canine Einstein having an actual, you, you called it an enrichment facility. Yep. Gym. Enrichment gym. Okay. Um, so we, I started thinking about dog training just before the pandemic hit, like maybe two months before the pandemic hit, I signed up for my certification to, to do the classwork for it. Um, and they said, you know, nine months to a year and a half. And I was like, well, I don't have a year and a half, so we'll do it in nine. Um, and then I was honestly blessed with the pandemic because I had the time to do the classwork to get through the course. So We did that. Once we started training, we zeroed in on, you know, reactive dogs. We kind of found our niche, our niche. And then Mm -hmm. once we were out really working with dogs every day in clients' homes, I was just like, we need, we need a facility. Um, And around the same time, so about two years ago, my own dog who was deaf and reactive and very people selective. So like very hard to take anywhere we stumbled on a gym about 30 miles north of our city that does this. That was an enrichment gym. She was the first in the area to do it. Um, And I would take him there and he had a private gym time, just him. He could be off leash. He could run. He could shred boxes. He could use all the equipment. He could do what he needed to do. And he came home a different dog every week. And as I, as I would, you know, did this more and more with him, I started thinking like, Milwaukee needs this. Like our city needs us. We don't have this. So it's, we set about partnering with her, you know, with that other gym owner. She walked me through a lot of the, I guess the issues and kind of what to, what to look for, what to be prepared for. Um, and then helped me get, get up and running. Like when we found our space, she came with me to look at a lot of spaces and pointed out things that maybe I wouldn't have noticed is that could have caused hardship for us in the space. So Um, yeah, so I'd say maybe about two years ago, we really dove into the search and it took us about a year and a half or so to find the right space. That's pretty incredible that you develop that networking relationship with someone and she was kind enough to spend that time with you. Yeah. She's just an amazing lady who will share all of her information. So (laughs) yes. Oh my goodness. Are you free to say who she is and what her gym is? Yeah, and I actually think she's in this group. It's the Canine Enrichment Center in Grafton, Wisconsin, and her name is Heidi Lacoste. Okay, she probably has a website. She does. 
Okay. I don't well, know what I, I will drop it in the show notes, but Miss <laughs> yeah. Heidi, thank you so much. Yeah, Heidi's um, amazing. Don appreciates you, and I appreciate <laughs> your being willing to give to the industry. Yeah. Because yeah. clearly this has provided a lot for Milwaukee Pets to have this opportunity. Absolutely. And just all that extra knowledge. That is that is so cool. So wow. I that and that's a lot of that's a lot of the stopping point for people whenever they're looking at mm-hmm. taking on a new stream is I don't know what I don't know. Yep. And just figuring out how to get started. I, the fear of the unknown is, is significant. I know it stopped me several times. Oh, for on sure. Different ideas that I've had. <laughs> for sure. So, Cause you know, and everyone will tell you just run the numbers, but if you don't know what the numbers are, like that was hard for me. I'm not a numbers person. So when people were like, well, just run the numbers. I'm like, well, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't know what my revenue is going to be. This is brand new. I have no idea what to expect. It was nice to have someone who could say, you know, I'm not going to give you my exact numbers, but here's what I charge. Here's kind of how, you know, what my schedules look like. Here's when it gets slow through the year so that I wouldn't panic. You know, summer's a slower time for indoor gyms. And she warned me, like, when with summer coming, your classes will slow down. You won't get as many rentals. Like, don't panic. So... It was helpful because I probably would have panicked. Well, and that, of course, would be uh, environmentally based. You're, I mean, what is your yep. summertime temperature? What's your typical high through the summer? I mean, our typical high is like in this, you know, 80s, like not terrible. Last week it was in the 90s, but it's not. It's It's pretty mild summers. And we only get a few nice months a year. So being on the lake, most people are going to be outside near the lake with their pets. Oh, believe me, I would be. So, you know, I know people in Dallas are like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you know, an enrichment gym would be a very different consideration during the summertime in a a place like Texas, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So this is, uh, you know, this is taking on brick and mortar which is significant. You know, of course, your pet care service. Did you run that out of your home completely? Yeah. So tell us about the process. Um, You, of course, started considering this and then, you know, next step was looking for space. Yeah. For us, it was looking for space. Um, I wanted to be close to downtown Milwaukee because I felt like that's where the need was, but I also needed a space that I could, you know, I could afford. And dog walking and pet sitting doesn't bring in a a ton of revenue. (laughs) (laughs) And when we started looking, square footage for downtown Milwaukee was like $20 a square foot to $30 a square foot, which was cost prohibitive. So we spent a good year with a real estate agent just searching and looking and deciding, you know, every place you walk into, you see the potential, but then you also see all the work. Mm, And learning the costs of build out was a steep learning curve for me and a little bit of an eye opener. (laughs) So that's um, what I've heard. Yeah, it was definitely more expensive than we expected. And there were certain things in our build out that I knew I had to have that were beyond expensive. You know, like a certain we wanted a certain rubber flooring that was outrageously expensive, but better for the dogs. Um, And so then, you know, then you're always kind of wondering, like, well, where else can I cut costs? 
and still make it look nice and still have the space that I envision in my head. So, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it certainly turned out beautiful. I'll, I'll definitely drop that in the show notes so Thank people you. can take a link to see the pictures that you have available. Uh, so tell me how many square feet do you have in your facility? It's about 3,200 square feet. The gym itself is just under 3000 square feet. That is, that's a really great space. Yeah. It's a really nice space. We're fortunate. It's long and, and wide, you know, it's just wide enough for the dogs, but nice and long so they can really stretch out their legs. So. So tell us a little bit about, um, how, how you have the setup. Um, I mean, Define more so an enrichment gym. Is this a place where you're training dogs? I know I heard you say rental. Tell us everything that that you (laughs) offer now. So K99 Science and Enrichment Gym. We do have equipment here, like a mini A-frame that Heidi's husband built for me. Um, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's incredibly talented. He helped build a lot of him and, and my husband got together and built a lot of our equipment. So we have like a dog walk and we have a mini A-frame and weave poles, all that good, all the stuff that you would think of an agility gym kind of dumbed down for not the competitive dog. (laughs) Okay. Okay. A little, you know, a little smart, a little smaller and a little more user-friendly. So we have that. We have a ton of donations of like plastic water bottles that we throw in a pool. So when dogs are sound sensitive and they jump in the pool, they learn to control the sound and it helps with that sound sensitivity. We have a pool full of ball crawl balls that we can throw um, treats in so they can kind of snuffle them out. And we do different kinds of puzzles and games and toys and that. Um, We do private training here, really focusing in on our reactive dogs in the Milwaukee area because, you know, reactive dogs in an urban area is a big issue. So we zero in on that. We do group classes and then our clients can rent the gym for a half hour or an hour so they can bring their reactive dogs or their shy dogs or whatever, and just be able to be off leash play and have fun. So if the dog is reactive, we lock our doors, put a sign up saying, please call us if you need assistance, but we're having a reactive gym session going on so that the dog's not interrupted. So, um, or not surprised by another dog walking in. Yes. Yeah. So, and then we do, yeah, it's kind of a cool little setup. We have a back exit if we need it. Um, We have one dog in particular who's very, very shy and the parking lot in front tends to scare her. So her owner pulls around to our alley and we walk her out the back door so she can get right in the car and go. So we have a nice, nice way to get dogs in and out for us, which is helpful, you know. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of us in a nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can really, I can really kind of picture how that works now. What a huge Mm -hmm. benefit and so many different things that you can, that, well, that you've been able to use that space for, Uh, you know, I know when you get in the brick and mortar, I mean, you've got, you've got that pretty intense fixed overhead that Mm -hmm. you have to consider making sure you have revenue to support it. So you have come up with several different things to really utilize your space. We do. Yeah. We do play groups like puppy play groups under a year, small dog play groups. Um, on once a week, we open our gym. So we have an open gym. So dog social dogs can come and play, but not be at a dog park because it's only for our clients. So all those dogs have been vetted before they come. Mm. Do you have it set up as a, a membership situation or how do you set yours up? No, we have them. They have to be a regular client. They had to have gone through at 
one of our classes or done private training with us so that we know the dog well. And then they can just log, log in through our portal. They can opt to, you know, sign up for a Sunday gym. We see who's there. And then if they're not appropriate, we just reach out to the families and let them know, like, your dog's maybe not ready. Let's work on that. Um, but we really have not had an issue with that. Everyone who has signed up has had dogs that are friendly and ready to go and eager to play. And it's been a good experience. I'm going to backtrack to, um, you know, I know you said you're not a numbers person, but <laughs> you know me, I am. So I will start out with one of the easy ones. Okay. So, you know, most people like the the conversation and the brick and mortar space is it's going to take twice as long as you think, and it's going to cost twice as much as you thought. So um, how, <laughs> how does that ring with you? I, I see you smiling there on the video. It definitely costs more than twice as much as we thought. Okay, more than okay. Um, more than okay. And part of that was we we were fortunate. We stumbled on a building or a space that had been vacant for quite a while, and it was a perfect space for us. But we had to redo the whole bathrooms. the The bathroom situation was not ADA compliant, and once we started construction here, the city came in and told us we had to redo the entire bathroom space which we had not budgeted for. And okay. so I went from a facelift to, you know, like a $40,000 thing. We had to remove plumbing and it was a, it was a, it was heartbreaking. <laughs> did you get any kind of a break from your landlord? No, we did not. So, um, hmm. and we have a, we pay a decent rent, so I'm not going to balk at that because the rent is more affordable than it is nearby. Like we have a decent rent price, so I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was definitely more expensive and we had contemplated, you know, cutting costs like do we give up the matting, you know, the rubber flooring and do we give up painting? What can we take on ourselves? What's what equity do we can we do and what's what equity do we have the time to do, which was the big thing for us. So um, we worked with our contractor. We got it down, but definitely, definitely way more money than we thought it was going to be. So do you mind putting some numbers behind that? What did you project at the start of the project? And what was your rough total number for your build out to get ready to open door? So we had projected 30,000, maybe 40 on a high end. And I had high hopes for that 40,000. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was our bathroom alone, though. So the entire build out start to finish was a little over 100,000. Wow. Yeah. How much of that was the bathroom? 40. <sighs> wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's mm -hmm. intense. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and you're not the only one that has said that. I just want to let you know. So everyone out there, please understand some of these, uh, these, I guess, older, strip mall areas, the landlords maybe have not upgraded. And that is code now to make sure that you have ADA compliance in yep. any kind of a public bathroom. Yep. So if you are evaluating property, walk in the door and look at that first. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Learning, big learning lesson there. Yeah. So I think learning lesson for a lot of us that are, that are considering going brick and mortar. <laughs> Woo. Uh, yeah. That, that is a lot for a bathroom. So you, uh, yeah, definitely uh, two and you know more than two times the the cost there. Yep. Were you? Um, I mean, I'm sure. Uh, is you said you're not a numbers person. Who is the numbers person? 
Oh, yeah, my that. husband is. He's a, okay. a finance person who dives into the numbers like you wouldn't believe. Okay, so that probably gave him a heart attack and he had to kind of refigure some of his projections. It did. Yeah, it messed with our projections a little bit, but but you, you know, figured and, it out. Yeah, we figured it out. We had saved a lot prior to that, kind of knowing the industry anyhow. So we went into it with a pretty large cushion in our savings account to differ mm -hmm. to. So good. Did you well, okay, did he figure out like a, a break-even scenario whenever you were planning like the classes and the usage yep. of the facility? Yep, he did. We sat down and figured out we have to make this much per month to cover, you know, payroll, utilities, rent. Just the monthly expenses. Yeah. That the are going loan to for the build-out, all of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you got that even, even with the additional cost of the build-out, you yeah. got all of that built in. Yeah. So that's good. How close are you to operating in, in the black? Because you're not very far into this. What was the day that you opened? We opened March 15th. Okay. Yeah. We have been profitable since June. So June, it's July, and this month will be profitable. God, congratulations. Thank you. It's been March. I mean, that's three months. You were profitable yeah. within three months. Yeah. We're very fortunate. <laughs> One, there was a need, which was helpful. Um, mm -hmm. And we had the Milwaukee Paws client base that helped spread the word for us. They were so excited. And because we had focused in on reactive dogs, a lot of those clients came to Canine, Canine Einstein and they really helped spread the word for us. So we, we were very fortunate that way. Do you have, um, did you just ask them? Did you say, hey, we're doing this, let people know? Or did you have some kind of an established uh, referral program that you had talked to them about? Nope. <laughs> nope. We actually I just love you that much. <laughs> We're so fortunate. No, we just put it out there like, hey, you know, they all knew our dog. They all knew my Murphy and his sassiness. And they knew that that's why we zeroed in on reactive dogs was because of him. And so when we opened the gym, we were like, you know, Murphy's our, like, he's our logo. My dog was our logo. Um, he's our inspiration. And everybody just kind of loved it and loved the story and like the work that our staff do. So they just kept spreading the word for us, which is amazing. That is great. So yeah. there, there really doesn't, or is there a lot of marketing that you've needed to do besides client-based? Where else have you reached out? I mean, you know, we've reached out to local vets and other pet professionals to say, hey, this is open, you know, let send your clients here. We've reached out to other dog trainers too. Um, we've just recently started reaching out to apartment buildings in the area and we're, we work closely with other dog friendly businesses. So restaurants, patios, um, we have a dog friendly ice cream shop downtown that we've worked with. So it's been nice that way because we do a specific class on patio manners for dogs. So we do oh. three weeks in our gym and then three weeks on the road visiting different patios, which has been a win-win for us because we get in front of the other business owners. They get the benefit of like clients whose dogs are well-behaved on the patio. It's been a nice partnership that way. Yeah, that is a great add-on. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, you've already spoken a little bit to, I guess, the cross-marketing between your two businesses because yeah. they do they do play so well together. They do. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's one thing that a lot of people sometimes forget, even even within one certain part of the industry is making sure that 
your clients know every single thing that you offer. And you're very clear about that from the get go. And you speak it often. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, your clients were very thrilled. You, of course, had all of your relationships and, and networking that you had built there. Here's kind of like a curiosity question. Were there were there some of the people in your community that were more receptive to you as having a brick and mortar facility than they were with the dog walking and pet sitting service? Um, no, I can't say I experienced that. Um, most of the trainers in this area don't have brick and mortar. So that wasn't a big issue for us. You know, it was just it was something new and different. Um, what we did encounter though is other businesses when we announced hey we found a space we're opening this is what we're doing other businesses in the area rushing to do the same thing oh really oh that's a good idea and like three other businesses immediately rushed to do the same thing um and so it was hard for me not to rush the process and to be like no we're going to do it but we're going to do it right we're going to stay true to what we envisioned and we're not just going to open it just to open it um that my husband did a lot of calming me down though. Cause I was like, we got to open tomorrow. He was very good at being like, Nope, we have a vision. You have a vision. You need to follow that and stick true to it and it will pay out. And it has really, really come full circle for us. So, wow. So do you think that was because, I mean, I guess you started networking and talking about it before you opened your doors, which is standard. You should do that. That is interesting that you said three other places said they were going to jump on that. Yeah. And two of them are currently open. So. And how successful, because I know you watch how (laughs) successful does it seem like they are? A lot of times I, you know, if, if they already had, and these are places that already had facilities. This is one of them was a, a local pet store. Um, okay. They opened an indoor dog park, so slightly different than us, but along the same lines. They are moderately successful, I would say. Okay. Um, you know, and then the other one was they opened an indoor space as part of the add-on to their dog walking business. And I don't, I honestly don't know how successful that has been for them. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's a local business who does pretty good work and has a the owner has a good head on her shoulders. So I assume uh-huh. if did it. It's working well for her. You have so, so so many different opportunities for the the dog owners in Milwaukee and you're the OG. So we're just just saying that you are, you are the OG (laughs) on that. So when you, when you have that idea and I, you know, you had all of the knowledge behind it because you were able to, you know, really lean on the knowledge that Heidi had. Uh, of having this for a period of time. And, you know, and I think passion is a big part of it, right? Like we didn't open this because somebody else was doing it and like, oh, that's a good idea. It was like, we opened it because I understood the benefits of having a safe place for shy, nervous, reactive dogs to go with their owners and to be able to have that place where they can be off leash and just be a dog for a little bit. Um, and so it was passion for me that opened it. And I think that goes so much further than, Ooh, that's a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And you have the story that you could lean into with Murphy, right? You had the experience, you knew what it was like to be a pet parent 
and and have that. Yeah. You know, the frustrations, <laughs> honestly, the embarrassment sometimes. Yeah. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so you you know what that feels like. You can relate to people who have those experiences yeah. and that that really legitimizes what you do and why you do it. Yeah. Thank why, you. why in story is so big in any business. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, yeah. And, and like you said, just because that's a cool idea just doesn't even measure up. Mm -mm. <laughs> it really doesn't. So <laughs> yeah. So you, you just have to keep communicating that, that why, and that just will resonate so well yeah. with your community. Because uh, clearly you got your heart in the right place. Thank you. I think so. <laughs> yes. So tell me, um, I mean, operating in the black. Wow. Amazing. What, what are the future plans of canine Einstein? I mean, you're, uh, you know, you're going to be coming up here on your first winter, which yep. you know, I know I, I could not make it through Milwaukee winters. So <laughs> what, I, what are plans? Do you think that things are going to be different on a seasonal basis there? Yeah, we're hoping that we'll do more private gym rentals in the winter. So we'll be a little busier. Um, you know, our, we're hoping our retail so retail store will grow and kind of take over that. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, you know. Oh, okay. I didn't even know you had retail. Fill me yeah. in on that. Oh, sorry. We have a very small retail area, very small, like maybe 300 square feet of just training and enrichment items. So high quality treats, the training harnesses that we recommend, different types of enrichment games and puzzles and toys, all of that. So, um, you know, I'm, yeah, I'll pick your brain because people are probably thinking this. So I will go ahead yeah. and think it and say it because I'm the only one talking to you. Right. <laughs> so our listeners want to know what kind of training treats do you recommend? Oh, well, you know, it depends on the dog. Um, uh -huh. But absolutely our go to's here are Happy Howie's. They're little little sausage rolls. Um, lamb, beef, turkey, and you cut them up. They're shelf stable until you open them. Once you open them, you cut them into tiny little pieces. Dogs go crazy for them. And Happy then Howies, like yeah. H-O-W-I-E-S. Yeah. All right. Nice. Um, by far our most popular, like by far. But then, you know, there's the basics of Zooks and, and um, Charlie Bear, that kind of stuff. It really just depends on each individual dog. So... Mm -hmm. But yeah, we have a variety oh, yeah. of treats here. You have to you have to establish what value is to them. So yeah. you know you're, you're defining value first. But yep. you have found, in other words, that the Happy Howies are top shelf. <laughs> Those are by far our most popular. Like if we get a dog in class that is not responding to treats, we'll cut up some Happy Howies, and that usually gets them going. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, and and of course. Um, with the, you know, some of the enrichment toys, mm -hmm. I guess, tell me what your favorite is. What seems to be, well, I mean, I guess there's like a, your favorite. And then there's the typical dog's favorite, which might be one and the same. I'll tell you. So we do a variety. We have like the Snoop. I don't know if you've ever seen a Snoop, but they're like these little rubber bowls that kind of collapse in on itself and they're soft rubber. So you can put treats in them and they bounce like a ball and they roll and dogs, dogs go crazy for them. We uh -huh. love those. But my absolute favorite and one of our best sellers in our store are snuffle balls made by Heidi. So she, yeah. So instead of a mat, she makes a snuffle ball and hers are better than any I've seen anywhere, whether it's Etsy or, you know, any of the Chewy, any of those places, hers are 
bigger and a little more dense, the machine washable and dryable, you could pick it up. If once it's loaded, you can pick it up and shake it and the treats don't fall out. So the dog really has to snuffle with it. Dogs go crazy for it. Like it was Murphy's favorite. Every time we bring it out for a dog in enrichment, 90% of the time the owner walks out and buys it. Really? Um, okay. So I have to say, does Heidi have a store for this? You have to go to her canine enrichment center website. To the website. Oh, yep. I am going to put that in here. So could you plug in <laughs> Heidi? She is. Her snuffle balls are the best. Like, I know a lot of people make them, but hers are the best we have found. Okay. Well, I will definitely put a link in there for people and I will probably check those out. Yeah, myself. they're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, you know, again, I, I tried one once and, you know, hey, you roll it once and the treats come out and yep. game's yep. over. Yeah, hers are not like that. And I wish I had one close by I could just grab and show you, but they're they're dense. And even our Murphy who would pick up the ball and shake it really hard, the treats don't fall out. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. All yeah. right. A couple of great references there for for treats and a good yeah. enrichment toy. I'll have to check those out. I, I'm always I, I pry the board, so I'm always trying to figure th out things to entertain the masses here too. Yeah. I've got, got an eight month old golden retriever who's a little bit, you know, off the wall that I need to, uh, I need to find some extra entertainment for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Okay. So you have retail. Good to know. So you might, you might expand that a little bit or you pretty happy where that is right now. Well, we may, as we grow, we'll expand it more. We're just, it's that balancing act of how much inventory do we keep versus, you know, how much are we selling? So we'll grow it as the business grows, but for now we'll keep it nice and tiny. So tell me what you see canine Einstein looking like in, we'll go three years, three years from now. So we are looking in August of 2026. What do you yep. see? Um, our goal would be to have every, slot filled here so that the gym is busy all day long. And we are hoping to have at least two more trainers within the next three to four years. Wow. Um, okay. So you want to have a, a body of four trainers. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we'll do in-home training and we okay. do the facility training. So it would be nice to have a nice, you know, bigger team to help spread that out. And are your trainers full-time or part-time? I didn't ask. They're full-time. Okay. So yeah. you, you have two that you're already keeping pretty busy. Yes. Yep. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, I, I guess if you do the, the balance between the two, it sounds like you have the dog walking, pet sitting, you have the training portion, which was originally in-home training, but now right. it's going to class training. Right. And then you have the enrichment facility. So it's yep. kind of three different real streams of income. I guess retail, there is a bit of the retail too, but. Retail is very small for us. It's more like if someone's here and, and they're leaving, they'll buy what we've recommended, you know? Okay. So, so if we're not... looking at the three, do you really think there's yep. the three, three big categories there? Yep. Yeah, I would say so. The enrichment gym, the training, and then the dog walking, pet sitting. Okay. So if we're looking at the entire body of revenue that you have, what's kind of a breakdown percentage? I mean, we are so early into the facility, of course, yeah. but what what is your current breakdown of percentage of revenue between those? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I'd have to ask Dale that. <laughs> ah, see, some numbers to look into. I know. See, I told you I'm not the numbers person. <laughs> yeah, you know, really, it is just a curiosity because, yeah. you know, of course, the, you know, the gym has 
increased so quickly. Yeah, it really has. And then, cause you know, you, you had the original and the split of the training. I'd love to know how much having the gym has increased the training portion of it. And even have you seen any backfeeding of people coming into uh, the gym or your training program and finding out you have dog walking and pet sitting? Oh yeah. And you can cross promote that. So Absolutely. they're all kind of really supporting each other and playing they well. Really, yeah, they do play well together. And we have seen that where people come in for a gym and then they find out, oh, you do training too. And while we're training, they're like, oh, but you also do pet sitting and dog walking. So um, we have found that we've also found clients who we start dog walking with and then they're like, oh, wait, you have a gym, you have a training facility. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of cross referred back and forth. Um, our staff do a great job talking it up uh, both sides of the coin, our dog walking staff and our trainers talk up both businesses, which is nice. So, yeah. So there's your homework across, and our staff work across both businesses. So our trainers yeah. work for Milwaukee Paws and Canine Einstein mm -hmm. and the same thing for our walkers. We currently have one walker who's learning to be a dog trainer. And so she does, she works side by side with our trainers quite a bit on more difficult dogs and she'll come in and help with like our classes and our play groups. So oh, that's, that's nice. Good. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. nice because the clients see the same people, no matter which business they're working with. That's a perfect interplay. Thank well, good. You. We got, you got to figure out those numbers. So those are some numbers that you need to keep tracking, right? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> you'll, you'll have to tell him, okay, here's your job. Track these numbers for me. <laughs> I'm sure if I asked Dale, he would know it. So he probably sure. would. He yeah, probably off would. the top of his head. He just <laughs> doesn't want to doesn't want to burden me with it. <laughs> well, you know, and that's it. Here we've got a very capable business owner who knows which lane she needs to be in. Yeah. And the financial is not your gift. It is not my gift. <laughs> yeah. Your gift is is the vision and the creation. Yeah. And clearly the making it happen part. So many people have a vision of, oh, I want to do this someday, but they can't implement. Yeah. And you did it. Thank you. <laughs> Look where it's gone. Oh my gosh. I am so, so excited for you and excited to find out just even through the first year, how much this is going to, going to change yeah. for you. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Anything else that you want to share with people? Is there anything that you wish you had done differently in this whole process? No, not in this process, but I'll tell you, I wish that everyone who had a dream for it just goes for it. Just do it. It's worth it. You know what I mean? Like just figure it out, make a plan and make it happen. Mm -hmm. And you might have little steps along the way, like uh, finding out you have to do a $40,000 bathroom. Um, you try right. a lot through the process, but it's yeah. worth it. <laughs> yeah, you push through. It's, yeah. it's good. What an yeah. awesome thing. Thank you so much for sharing with us today your your wisdom, your knowledge. And, um, you know, I'm sure everybody else that's listening is excited to, to find out down the road how this builds out for you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was fun. Yes, everybody look down in the show notes and make sure you follow up on these links. I've got them all there. And I wish you the best. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram and learn more at PetBizGuru.com. What is your next best move?